This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Barnaby Joyce has been in politics for the best part of 16 years. He's perhaps one of the most recognised names in Australian politics for many reasons, for his politics, for his policy positions, but also his personal life. This week, for the second time, he's won the job of leader of the Nationals. That makes him our Deputy Prime Minister. In this shortcut, we get you up to speed on the background to Barnaby. His time in politics, including his rise to the top and his fall from grace, and then his resurrection. Squeeze Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Barnaby Joyce was born in 1967, making him 54 years old in Tamworth, New South Wales, a big old country town. He lived on a cattle and sheep property and was one of six kids. He went to boarding school at St. Ignatius Riverview in Sydney, a private boys Catholic school. After school, Claire, he became an accountant. He did. He studied at the University of New England in Armidale and after working in the corporate arena, he started his own business, aptly named Barnaby Joyce and Co. And he ran that out of the western Queensland town of St George. So he went from being a born and bred New South Welshman to a Queenslander. An important point when it comes to his politics later in this shortcut. But first to his family. He met Natalie Aberfield at university. They were married in 1993 and they had four daughters. That's a rough summation of his pre-public life. It was 2005 when he entered politics. He started off in federal politics as a National Party Senator for Queensland. So how that works is each state has 12 senators and those spots are very hard fought. And he was, as they say, a colourful character right from the start, Kate. Mm. Uh, For example, he once showed up at Parliament House on a tractor as a stunt to promote eating fresh Australian and frozen produce. There you go. It just gets more and more colourful from there, Claire. Who can forget his fight with superstar actor Johnny Depp? Yeah, that was some time after the tractor ride. He was actually the agriculture minister and he reprimanded Johnny Depp and his then wife, Amber Heard, for smuggling their two Yorkshire Terriers into Australia. Pistol and Boo, remember them? (laughs) (laughs) Joyce said at that time that Australia's quarantine rules couldn't be bent for Depp, even though he'd been voted the world's sexiest man alive twice. (laughs) And he said that it's time that Pistol and Boo buggered off back to the United States. We'll get back on track in a minute, Claire, but this is too good. Sometime (laughs) later, Johnny Depp made some comments in an interview on Jimmy Kimmel Live about the case that went pretty viral here. He said that Barnaby Joyce looks somehow like inbred with a tomato. It's not a criticism. I was a little worried he might explode. (laughs) Barnaby is known for getting quite fired up. Anyway, let's get this shortcut back on track. (laughs) Barnaby Joyce was a senator for about eight years and he got a reputation for wearing his boots through on the floor of the Senate. He did. He crossed the floor 28 times during his time as a senator. So what that means is he voted against his own side. Uh, His decision to defy his own party leaders and the Liberals come down to their positions on issues he believed didn't best serve the people he represented in regional Queensland. That was on issues like telecommunications services. And Joyce says that it made him both a hero and a villain. Yeah, he had a bit of a reputation as a maverick, as unpredictable, as disloyal, or for some voters, a conviction politician. It really depends on your point of view. It was 2013 when Barnaby Joyce made a big, bold change, Claire. 
Yeah, he did. He actually resigned from the Senate in order to run for the House of Representatives in his old stomping ground, the seat of New England in New South Wales. That takes in towns of Tamworth and Armadale. So he went from representing Queensland to trying to win votes in New South Wales. And so begins his showdown with Tony Windsor. Yeah, Tony Windsor features fairly heavily in the tale of Barnaby Joyce. He was a hugely popular independent MP in that seat until Barnaby Joyce came along. He held that seat for 12 years. He's familiar to more than just his electorate, though. Yeah, and that's because people might remember Windsor as the guy who, when we had that hung parliament in 2010, sided along with Rob Oakeshott with the Gillard government to put Labor into power. Fast forward to 2013 and Windsor ended up not running against Barnaby Joyce, standing aside due to health reasons, but there certainly was no love lost between the two. It was a pretty nasty campaign. Joyce won comfortably, Claire. Wasn't the end of the Windsor-Barnaby showdown, though. Windsor took him on in 2016, but was beaten. And convincingly, again. From there, though, Joyce became the leader of the Nationals for the first time after longtime leader Warren Truss stepped down ahead of retiring from Parliament at the 2016 election. And then it all started to unravel. Let's get into that now. It's July 2016. The coalition has won an election with Malcolm Turnbull as Prime Minister and Barnaby Joyce as Deputy Prime Minister. Joyce has, as we said, won his seat fairly comfortably over arch nemesis Tony Windsor. So you'd be forgiven for thinking things were looking pretty good for him. Yeah, until the parliamentary eligibility (laughs) crisis of 2017 set in. So to refresh your memory on that, starting in July 2017, the eligibility of several members of the Parliament of Australia to be elected was questioned. Uh, and to get technical about it, Section 44.1 of the Australian Constitution prohibits parliamentarians from having allegiance to a foreign power that includes through dual citizenship. 15 sitting politicians from various sides of politics were caught up in it. They were ruled ineligible by the High Court of Australia or resigned preemptively, one or the other. Joyce was one of those 15. He was, and he was by far the most senior. You know, the Deputy Prime Minister being ruled ineligible by the highest court of the land to sit in the parliament. It was a pretty big deal. Joyce's issue was that the New Zealand government said that he might be a citizen by descent from his father and that was news that he said that shocked him. The day after he got the news, he took steps to renounce any claim to Kiwi citizenship. He continued to sit in the parliament and exercise his executive duties, all very formal and official. That was controversial at the time, though. Claire, as the case made its way to court, up pops Tony Windsor again. Yeah, he joined the action to see Joyce ruled ineligible. And he said at that time that he might have another run at winning New England if Joyce was forced to go to a by-election. And in the end, that's what happened. A by-election was held in early December 2017. And Windsor didn't run in the end. Instead, Joyce won that uh, with what was a record swing towards a government candidate at a by-election, the biggest in our history. So his electorate certainly weren't mad with him. They sure weren't. Three months later, though, news emerged that his family and some of his colleagues were. And this is where it gets a bit personal. Yeah, and look, we won't 
labour that except to stick to the facts about what transpired at that time. Mm. About a week after his by-election win, Joyce confirmed that he'd split from his wife, Natalie. And then in early February 2018, the Daily Telegraph reported in a front page splash that he was expecting a child with his former media advisor, Vicky Campion. Yeah, a wave of condemnation followed, as they say, from the crossbenchers, Labor, the Greens, independents, as well as from his own side. It wasn't particularly about his marriage, though, and the start of a new relationship. No, it was focused on Campion being a staff member. And there were a lot of questions about whether his behaviour uh, was appropriate and whether there had been breaches of the ministerial standards. There were questions about work trips that the pair took on the taxpayer dime. And then Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull brought in the dreadfully named bonk ban. It's essentially uh, an update to the Parliamentary Code of Conduct. It was reworded to forbid sexual relationships between ministers and their staff. And Claire, whilst it was all safe to say very, very messy at the time, Joyce and Campion have gone on to have two boys. We're not done there though. By the end of February 2018, the Nationals received a formal complaint alleging that Joyce had sexually harassed a Western Australian woman, allegations he continues to deny. Yeah, and the Nats undertook an investigation and they were unable to confirm it, but it was enough at that time to see him resign from the leadership of the party and from his ministerial duties. And that meant that Michael McCormack, a Wagga-based MP, was elected leader of the Nationals and therefore he became our Deputy Prime Minister. That was until he was toppled by Barnaby Joyce this week. And we come full circle. Let's take a look at what could come next under Barnaby 2.0. Claire, as we say time and time again, we're not in the business of forecasting political fortunes, but an election is due in the next year and Joyce will help shape how things go down. The biggest game in town is climate policy. Yeah, that little thing that keeps going around like Barnaby Joyce himself. Uh, Joyce is firmly of the view that uh, policies that make it harder for farmers, for miners and for those who are developing the economic assets of the region should be resisted. Uh, He did that to great effect uh, in the effort to kill off so-called carbon taxes in the past. Yeah, he was big on that. And along with killing off policy, prime ministers have also fallen over it as well since the elevation of Prime Minister Scott Morrison in 2018, though, we've had one of the most stable periods of government since John Howard lost the election in 2007. No leadership spills until recently this week. Lots are asking whether Joyce's return to the front line is going to change that. Yeah, so just to step back a little bit, Australia is under significant pressure from the developed world to adopt more ambitious emissions reductions policies. And there's a flashpoint coming up later this year at a big climate change summit in Glasgow. It's the COP26, they call it. Uh, At a minimum, the expectation is a commitment to get to net zero emissions by 2050. So watching how Barnaby Joyce and Scott Morrison work together as we head towards that will be interesting. In recent months, Morrison has certainly been edging towards that. The government's current position is that Australia wants to get to net zero emissions as soon as possible 
preferably by 2050. That's right. And in recent weeks, senior Nationals members have said that they aren't on board with that position. Even Michael McCormack himself talked down that policy, but it wasn't enough to save him. So that's potentially choppy waters coming up for the coalition on that very tricky and important policy area. Yeah, and we also know that at least 11 of the 21 Nationals in Parliament voted for Barnaby Joyce. So the question is, what do they expect of doing that? What does Joyce bring for them? Well, he's promised to be a very strong voice for regional Australia, and that includes with the Liberals when it comes to managing the coalition. And his voice is likely to ring very loudly in the ears of Scott Morrison as they head towards that election campaign, which no doubt will bring up some very challenging times too. And given the colour and movement of Joyce and what he brings to politics, I guess you can't rule out any other manner of twists and turns in the road as we head towards that election. Strap yourself in. And that's your shortcut to the life and times of Barnaby Joyce so far. On to our recommendations. Each episode of Squeeze Shortcuts, we recommend some further reading, listening or watching. Mine is a link to Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's Apology Claire for bringing (laughs) Pistol and Boo into the country. It is so scripted. It's so disingenuous and hilarious. Must watch. It's quite a moment in time, that one, isn't it? (laughs) Mine is uh, very random and very silly. It always really struck me as hilarious that the wife of Detective Chief Inspector Tom Barnaby on Midsummer Murders is named Joyce Barnaby. So (laughs) I've got a link to that iconic show. I'm not sure how helpful our recommendations are this week, but you'll get a bit of a kick out of both of them. Thanks, as always, to tuning in to Squeeze Shortcuts. We've got one coming up on the mouse plague in coming weeks, but if you have any other requests, send them through to hello at thesqueeze.com.au. Until next week. 